Welcome to Across the Middle with Frank Cholet. Number one. Your number one source for NFL, NBA, and college sports. Here's your host, Frank Cholet. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Frank Cholet reporting live here at the Lone Star Bar, episode number five, right here with Rob. What's up, Rob? How you doing, man? What's going on? Just watching my Vikings uh, give the Packers all they want here in a classic uh, black and blue North Division showdown. Yeah, and, you know, by the way, what is the score in that game, come to think of it? I know it was, what, 14-7? Yeah, we got it 14-14 to right here. We got a back-and-forth football game up there in cold Green Bay, as usual. But uh, this this one of the all-time classic rivalry games kind of reminds me of the way the Washington Redskins and Dallas Cowboys used to be. Uh, yeah, it used to be because uh, Washington kind of handled Dallas last week, but we won't get into that. But uh, – Watching this uh, Packer and Viking game, this is going to be interesting because the winner of this pretty much controls that division, but I know the Bears are not far behind. What, Chicago Bears, what, only lost one game, to my knowledge, so far. Um, no, they lost two, that's right. Well, the, they had a second loss coming up here. The tough thing with this is, you know, you look at the Vikings, they got they don't have a really – the record's not very good, one and four, one and five, whatever it is, but – you know, they're not a bad football team. I don't think they are. Uh, that division's up for grabs, which uh, makes it uh, one of the exciting divisions, I believe. Uh, and, and there's a lot of football left, too. I oh, mean, yeah. look, look at the way these players have been getting injured now, man. They're pretty much dropping like flies, you know? Yeah, uh, they didn't have the – I don't believe, you know, with everything that's going on, they didn't get the, the time in, the conditioning, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's starting to show – Folks, I'm going to give you a quick rundown on some of the scores on the earlier games. Right now, we got Buffalo ahead of New England, 7-6. to six. It, it has to be snowing there because Buffalo is a better team than that. Uh, Baltimore is ahead of Pittsburgh, 14-7. Uh, as Rob just mentioned, you have Green Bay and Minnesota locked even at 14. And I'm trying to see if there's any more. I, I believe that's it for the earlier games. Uh, later, we're going to have the Texans going against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Go Texans. <laughs> yeah. And no, no, they're not playing Jacksonville this week. I believe I looked at next week's schedule by accident. Uh, later on, you have Chicago taking New Orleans. And then I know you have Dallas against Philly. And I know a lot of you want you, you to know what my thoughts are on Dallas versus Philly. But I'm going to let Rob give his thoughts first. Yeah, it's a tough call for me with, the, of course, you know, being pulling for the home the home state team, Dallas. It's a, it's a big game. It's a big game. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, the, both teams have gone through a lot of changes, more so Dallas, uh, definitely, than the, the Eagles. But I think the uh, Cowboys, I think, you know, I, I think they have a pretty good chance tonight. I hope that they uh, go ahead and can get it done and keep themselves – if they get it done, what are you thinking about playoff chance if they keep moving forward? Man, if I had that sound bite of Jim Morris saying, playoffs? Playoffs? No, no, no. This team is going to get crushed tonight. Philly should crush them the way Washington crushed them and the way Arizona crushed them. Dallas is in, is in free-for-all. Who's the home team with this one? Uh, well, first of all, they're starting at that rookie, uh, Da Vinci, or whatever his name is. Uh, he, he's starting at quarterback, so uh, there's no way. I, I just don't see him winning that game. And to tell you the truth, if I was the Cowboys, why would you be trying to win any games? I mean, honestly, you, you, your whole starting line's pretty much out. I believe they get Zach Martin back. But that's not going to make enough of a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. But, you know, this is America's team we're talking about, so uh, pride's no. on the line. And and at the end of the day, Jerry, Jerry. That that's the problem with America's team. They, <laughs> pride is always on the line, and they ain't did nothing in what over twenty five years. At some point in time, common sense has to take over. You, you're not going to win any games, so you may as well just lobby for draft position. You're going to have a host of guys coming back next but, year. But I got to bring this yeah. to the table right here. What about though these teams? Yeah, that have these bad years that. They get in that top draft pick choice. They always take a, a, a star quarterback out of college. And I think championships are won on defense. What do you think? I, I believe it. And let me tell you something. I'm of the mindset that if the Cowboys tank it this year, and I call it tanking it because when you start trading players away, you, you're not trying to win games no more. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I'm with I, you. 
I'm of the mindset that if they if they go into that draft and they take a quarterback, I'm convinced that they really don't know what the hell they're doing. You have a quarterback. You have Dak Prescott. He was playing very impressive before he got injured. Yeah, Dak's not the problem in Dallas. They need to be looking at defense. And let me tell you in particular what guy I want. When I was watching that Texas-Oklahoma State game, Texas had a kid over there, number 46. That was just he, – he made that last tackle uh, that yeah, ended the, the game. Yep, he had yep. something like 15 tackles, three sacks. That kid is ridiculous. That's the dude that Dallas needs to be eyeballing. Uh, what's his name? Uh, hold on, I'm, man. I can't believe I'm a Longhorn fan. I don't know his name. Uh, I, I'll, get, I'll get you his name. But he played – he's been – Joseph Adai. Yo, oh, jo- yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Joseph's – No, nah, he's been bringing it to the table for the Horns. Look, oh, my God. If he's not a, a, a number one draft choice, then I, I don't know who is. Because, yeah, I, I've, I've seen him for – this. He, he, didn't just, he didn't just show up yesterday. Oh, Joseph Joseph Asai. He is, yes. This kid, I mean, this is what uh, Westcott Eberts, uh, who's, a, who's a beat writer for Oklahoma, said. Oklahoma State said, against Oklahoma State, Joseph Asai became the first Power 5 player to record at least 12 tackles, six tackles for loss, three sacks in a single game since Indomitian and Sue in 09. That's some big time company. That's dominant. That's the guy Dallas needs to be looking at. You yeah, hear me? Dallas needs to go all defense. I mean, that's my theory. They got great receivers. Here's what I think they need to do. They need to target Joseph Asai and move Demarcus Lawrence. Lawrence hasn't played football since you gave him that contract. Move him in that big contract. You drive Joseph Asai. You, you understand what I'm saying? I, I, Lawrence, uh, every, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think you hit the nail on the head right there because ever since the contract went down, I, I just don't see that the – I don't see the Cowboys – I didn't see that that was a big plus for them, just my opinion on that on the defensive side. Uh, but they need defenders, man. You know, again, I think the Cowboys are – I don't think they need to draft any offensive players. I think let, leave the offense alone right now. If you're going to go offense, it better be at either tight end or the O-line because you got guys dropping at the O-line spot. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, and, and they are – look, they got great receivers out there yeah. to compliment Dak, and, uh, Cooper. And, that, and, and that's uh, another one of my arguments. C.D. Lamb, two of the you best got, in the league. You got an incredible amount of riches at that position. One of those guys need to be moved. So that that could turn into a corner, so that that could maybe turn into maybe an offensive tackle. I would. Yeah. yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I you don't need three of them. You hey, don't need three of them. It'd be a hard decision on who. who uh, no, which to one me to it's move. very. It's Michael Gallup, and the yeah, reason probably why. Yeah, so. probably so. It, it, it's a no-brainer, and I'll tell you why it's Michael Gallup, because you just gave Amari Cooper almost a hundred million dollars, so you can't cut him. And then you just drafted C.D. Lamb with a first-round pick, so you can't cut, you can't trade him. Michael Gallup is the guy whose contract will come up he's after next year. He's most expendable, most expendable. Well, his sure. contract Definitely. comes up after next year, and he's going to want number one wide receiver money. He's the guy that you move because you could, you know, you know how the trade scheme goes. Wide receivers are more valuable than corners or safeties, so he's, you could get more for Gallup. You could get a corner of safety for Gallup. Uh, there's no doubt That's about it. I think he's most expendable. I think you know you've you got Amari Cooper got the big contract, and now you got a, you got a rising superstar in C.D. Lamb. Yeah. Uh, and and in, and, 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 and in today's NFL with the with, with the free agency and the contracts, the way you cannot pay three big time wide receivers. It, you can't. I don't know any team that's got three like that. that not I, not when you still have to pay the quarterback. Yeah. I can't think Remember, of Remember, not team. when you still have to pay the – they haven't paid the quarterback yet. So you still have to pay the quarterback, and then you gave the running back a big contract. To me, no doubt to about me, it's it. a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. I don't know a single team in the NFL that's got the luxury at receiver that I can think of off the top of my head that Dallas is holding on to right I, now. I tell you, Rob, it's enough to make a grown man want to – I'm telling you, make a grown man want to – Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? That's enough to make a grown man want to cry. 
Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I guarantee that the Cowboys are sitting pretty at receiver, but defensively, yeah, they're going to have to make some moves, put them in, keep them in ball games a little bit longer. And I've always believed that the championships, uh, offense sells tickets, defense wins championships. That's always been my belief. And they, like I said, they were incredible in offense during the time that that Dak was there. It was their defense. Defense and turnovers is what put them in in the hole early in those games, you know. And they were lucky enough that Dak was able to pull them out, but he's gone. Yeah. So that's, what do you do now? What do you do? Yeah, it definitely. I, I think they have to be on the on on the offensive from the standpoint of making some trades and getting some picks or putting some guys out on the market that will free up that money to make some more picks. Yeah. I'd rather have three. I'd rather have three solid number eight players on a one to ten scale than have one ten player. I'd rather have three eights. You know, you build the championship with being consistent across the boards. So that's where that championship's going to come from. I I heard somebody saying this about the Cowboys earlier. Damn shame what they did to that dog. It's a damn shame what they did to that dog. I heard somebody say that. <laughs> I also heard somebody say. Uh, Literally, I heard this fan on, 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 and I won't say who show this was, but this fan called in and was saying, hey, man, y'all are, why are y'all destroying the Cowboys' defense? You know, you know why the defense has been so bad, right? Because they don't want to catch COVID. <laughs> They're practicing social distancing. Yeah, sometimes. That's, uh, yeah. The tackling at times this year has been deplorable. Uh, you, you, you can make a case that way for sure. The tackling's just not—it's not been Dallas Cowboy type of Tom Landry, Jimmy Johnson football. Now, Let's, you, you know, to me, the Cowboys are missing that. That um, it this, showed them next week. I know it showed the Cowboys this week. Texans, Texans might have a bye. Let me find out. I haven't heard much about them, so I'm erring on the side that the Texans are getting that bye this week. Yeah, they have a bye. That's what I thought. Yeah, they have a bye. It, it explains it. Because uh, the next game is uh, next Sunday. No? Yeah, next Sunday against Jacksonville. That's November 8th. So the Texans are on a bye. You know, interesting thing with the way they're handling the stadiums this year with 20, 25% capacity. Do teams has, that historically had that home field advantage, do you really think there's any sort of home field advantage this year? No. I really don't. No, that's, that's why. I mean, that's why I said this year is just different. It's different. Yeah, and, and let me tell you something. In the NBA, in, in, in generally in sports, home field advantage means a lot. Oh, definitely. And football is such a passionate sport. You see it big time on the college level, but in the pros also. And, you know, I've thought about this many times watching these games this year, folks. I just don't see a home field advantage being really – there this year with what you 20 25 percent of the stadium there it's just it's just not if playing i played before empty crowds when i was playing in the park leagues back home in alabama and you know when when you have an empty park an empty park is an empty park you know what i'm saying frank and 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 here's another thing that has to be said for that yeah you're right some people don't play well when there's a million eyes on them i I know guys that in practice I know guys that in practice, they were unbelievable in practice. But the minute you put them in front of the lights and there were eyes on them, they weren't the same player. And oh, yeah. I, I think that that is the, the biggest deciding factor in this other than the crowd is that some guys don't play well when the lights are on and eyes are on them, you know. Well, you- but they perform well. When they're in practice, when it's an empty environment and nobody, there's no pressure on them. You, yeah, you, you have yeah. you have uh, guys that they they have a nervous factor, and everybody's different. Everybody's got a different yeah. tolerance for it. And there's guys that can go in there and knock it out of the park in baseball all day long in practice. They go up there and they get the butterflies, and they they just can't do it in in the game situation. There's practice players and there's. Um, you know, there's players that can get it done on both sides, practicing in the game, and those are the ones that win the championships, I believe. Yeah, but you've heard this before. I know you've heard this. You've watched sports a long time like I've watched sports a long time, and you'll hear this oftentimes from coaches. The, guy, the guy's an animal at practice. At practice, he catches everything, or at practice, he doesn't miss a throw. But he gets in front of the lights, and he dwindles. It's the pressure. 
Some guys can play in front of the lights and in front of people, and it elevates their game. And then some guys, they don't respond very well when, when the lights are on. Yeah, that's no doubt about you know it. I mean? And there's guys. I once saw a uh, documentary uh, about Bo Jackson, one of the great uh, great running backs all time on the college level, and uh, one of his assistant coaches. Actually, I think he's the best, him and Barry Sanders, yeah, that I, I ever seen on the college level. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he's up there. I like Herschel, too. Uh, and I'm partial to a guy named Billy Sims from Oklahoma. But, um, yeah, but I saw this interview, Bo. They said uh, – Bo wasn't a big practice player. Yeah, he, he's, his assistant coaches said, Bo didn't like practice. And they asked Bo, and he said, do you like practice? He said, no. And, uh, but Bo could turn it on in a game. And you got those players that um, – And that's what matters, Rob. That's yeah. what matters. Yeah. Because think about it, man. No one's writing about what you did at practice. That, that's the true story. They're writing story. about what you did when the lights came on and the eyeballs were on you and the pressure was on. Because – Something has to be said that, look, you know, if, if let's just say I run this one route every, every time in practice and I catch it. It's a nine route. It's a go route. Every time I burn the corner in practice. Come game time, that ball is going through my hands. Yep. What does yep. it matter what I did in practice? The proof is in once the lights are on. Once the lights are on, you know? You know, and, and there's clutch players all across the board in all sports. Some guy – and another sport's coming to my mind as we have this very conversation is Reggie Jackson in, in baseball. What a clutch yeah. guy he was. But Big time You know, clutch. a different sport, but, you know, the, yeah. you have those guys all across yeah, the board. Derek Jeter, too. Derek Jeter. Yeah, yeah. Clutch. Very yeah. clutch. Uh, um, hell, basketball had a guy they used to call Mr. Clutch, Jerry West. Okay. You okay. Know, I'm, okay. That's certain a, you, guys that – You brought me a speed on that. I didn't know that. I have to be honest. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, which I found amazing, considering that the Lakers had only won one, won one title while West had played, and that was on the 72 team that had won 33 games in a row. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. That was the only title, he, would, but he got the label of uh, Mr. Clutch. You know yeah. what I mean? Jerry West, the logo. You well, know? I think Joe Montana was, you know, the type of at that quarterback spot, Mr. Clutch, obviously Tom Brady. But uh, – yeah, to me, when when you talk about quarterbacks, two of them stand above. I'm talking about in clutch situations, two of them stand above Joe Montana. And I'm sorry, and, and, and I know you're going to keep throwing Tom Brady in there, but I'm, I can't give props to a guy that got two of those Super Bowls while he was literally standing on the sideline. He had nothing to do with the winning of them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, Joe I, Montana and Terry Bradshaw. Oh because yeah, Terry, Bradshaw yeah. played big in big games. Yeah, he he, he yeah. definitely did. I think that, uh, and you know that's good. Or you know you look clo more closely at Tom Brady's career. It's it's a it's a true thing. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean these guys somehow are magnets for Super Bowl rings. Uh, Brady, uh, Brady is. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. Montana, oh, yeah. even Troy Aikman comes into the conversation. Well, they all have that characteristic. They all have that characteristic. But I'm, I'm, when I say big time, when I think of Terry Bradshaw, I could think of two big Super Bowl throws he made. Oh, yeah. One, Lynn Swan. One of Lynn Swan the against catch. the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, well, and yeah. then the other one was against the Rams when he hits uh, John Stallworth on yeah, an over-the-shoulder yeah. catch. He sure did. He sure this did. This is what I'm talking about when I say Big games and clutch. What do I remember about that quarterback in that big game? What I remember about Tom Brady was Adam Vinatieri kicking the winning field goals most of the time. What I remember about Tom Brady was Russell Wilson throwing the damn ball when he should have handed it to Marshawn Lynch. That's why I have a hard time putting him in that upper echelon. You understand what I'm saying? More times than many, it was the other teams, what they didn't do, that got Brady that ring. More so than what New England did do, you know what I mean? Yeah, not you know, and I think you know at the end of the day, I think he should have just stepped away uh, last season, retired. He's got everything under the sun there is to to have and everything else. I didn't I didn't really see the point of going down to Tampa Bay. Um, I know it's you know Montana went over to Kansas City Chiefs at the very end there. Um, I'm a big fan of keeping your legacy where it's at, and that's old school. I understand that. 
Uh, that's why I like, you know, guys like going back, Johnny Unitas. He played for the yeah. Baltimore Colts. Yeah, so. Um, Terry played for the Steelers. Troy Johnny, played for the Cowboys. So you bring up Johnny Unitas. I can remember the throw that he makes to John Mackey in the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is what I'm talking about. When, I, when, when you bring up the best quarterbacks, that guy's got to have that throw. What throw did he make? What can I draw back from? You know what I mean? Tom Brady, to me, was the greatest team quarterback. Because he truly played for teams. But you can't pull him and separate him as an individual from his team. You just can't. As as a long-term Cowboy fan that you are, um, let me ask you this, uh, Frank. How about uh, if you had to pick, because I don't know what it would be. No, even Roger Staubach. Even Roger Staubach. What was his greatest throw? It was, it was a throw to Butch Johnson in the 77 Super Bowl against Denver. I'll when Butch you, Johnson reaches out for it and catches it with his fingertips. There's a, there's another one I remember being a Minnesota Viking fan. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if uh, – Oh, the catch? The, I'm up, in Minnesota, up in Minnesota. <laughs> the I think he hit Drew Pearson yeah. uh, about a 65-yard. It was a game-winning yeah. touchdown pass that knocked Minnesota out of the Super Bowl. Yeah. And uh, I do remember that. It was a cold, cold day up in Metropolitan Stadium up yeah. in Bloomington, Minnesota. We were living there. No, we had just moved to Alabama, excuse me. But um, I remember that play because it broke my heart. I was a young kid pulling for the Vikings. But yeah. uh, I believe that was Staubach to Drew Pearson. It sure was. Yeah. The Hail Mary. Yeah, it sure Yeah, it broke my heart. But. And you know what? As a Cowboy fan, Drew pushed off, and he know he did. Oh, but, I, I was wondering if that but, was coming. But back, <laughs> I like that. Oh, thank you. But back then, back then they didn't they didn't call offensive pass interference. Yeah, that was a big thing. Back, and unf- back then, you were allowed to jostle because uh, even if you look at the tapes back then, if you look at the DBs, the way they covered the wide receivers, there was a lot of hand jostling back yeah, then. And I don't know they if they allowed people, that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, it was a controversial play, but Drew came up with the catch and we got the touchdown. I don't know if. People really remember this, but it was a sad scenario on that play yeah. in that it was a home game for Minnesota yeah. and some uh, idiot Viking fan threw a bottle. This is when they banned bottles. This was the end of bo- uh, beer bottles being allowed in football stadiums. A Minnesota Viking fan that was out of control and obviously had had too much to drink threw a bottle down, hit the ref in the head. And uh, at the end of the day, that changed. <laughs> that changed the the course. Now they sell the beer in plastic bottles, and I think that's a a wise decision. I, you <laughs> know what? I always thought it was that. I thought it was that Philly um, that Philly Giants game. If you remember, way back in I think it was in eighty nine ninety, the Eagles and the Giants were playing, and I'm in the Giants were giving it to the Eagles, and the Eagles fans got mad. Remember, they started throwing the snowballs. They were throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. <laughs> Eagles fans are notorious for being a rowdy bunch. Though. That's what I hear from NFL fans all over the country. Man, Jimmy Johnson tells stories about when they used to go in there, Eagles fans would be hurling D batteries at them. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've like heard D-sized a lot of batteries. I've heard a lot that the, the Eagle fans are a rowdy bunch. And uh, I guess, you know, from childhood memories, the Raiders used to have some pretty rowdy ones, too. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, Let me tell you something. Uh, I know for a long time, Veterans Stadium, which was the old uh, Eagle Stadium, because now they play at the Link, I believe now. But the old Veterans Stadium was one of the few stadiums that had an on-site jail Jail in the place with a judge. With a judge. Because I don't that's doubt how, it. That, this, how, this is how rowdy Eagle fans yeah, get. Yeah, they, they're, they're, they're a notorious bunch for being rowdy. There's no doubt. I'd say they might even be the king of that uh, class right there. But, you folks, know. folks, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm going to give you a real quick score run update, and we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we have Buffalo right now ahead of New England 14-6. Baltimore is uh, leading Pittsburgh 17-7. Minnesota has jumped ahead of Green Bay 21-14. And I believe that just about closes out all the uh, earlier games. We're going to go ahead and jump into a quick break. So uh, make sure you listen up. We'll be right back at you in the second segment. Me and Rob are going to be talking about college football and how did Oklahoma, Texas improve their situation And uh, Ohio State looked pretty good. We'll get into that. You're listening to Across the Middle, Gridiron Sports Report. 
having some electrical problems at home, or maybe it's your place of business. No worries. Call the professionals at Delgado Electric. With years of experience in both home and commercial business, you have the peace of mind and guarantee that it's A-plus quality and service. Call Blas Delgado, the owner and operator at 432-312-4142. Again, that's 432-312-4142. And tell Blas, I sent you. Come on, pork chops. Bacon either. Ham, spare ribs, pork roast, pig's feet, pig ears, neck bones. None of that stuff. Stricoline, fat back, salt pork, lard. What, no more chitlins? No more chitlins. <laughs> this what are you what are you trying to do? Starve me to death? Having problems with your appliances? Or maybe those beers in your refrigerator aren't getting cold enough. Have no worries. Call the professionals at BB and Appliance and Repair. Al Brookings has over five years of experience in the DFW area, so you know he has you covered. Give him a call at 972-295-9251 or hit him up on his website at www.beappliancesrepair.com. Having some electrical problems at home? Or maybe it's your place of business? No worries. Call the professionals at Delgado Electric. With years of experience in both home and commercial business, you have the peace of mind and guarantee that it's A-plus quality and service. Call Blas Delgado, the owner and operator, at 432-312-4142. Again, that's 432-312-4142. And tell Blas, I sent you. everybody as me and Rob return for segment number two you hear the music so you know we're talking college football man we had some amazing games yesterday Rob which ones jump out at you man which games you give me your one game that really jumps out at you the Longhorns getting it done beating Oklahoma State uh team that was looking for a playoff berth maybe still in the the mix there at the end we'll see but Longhorns are a good football team right now and they went in and got the job done so I have to say the Longhorns getting it done and another game sticks out I mean so far it doesn't look like anybody's in the Southeastern Conference from what I can see so far is going to give Alabama much of a run so Looks like um, Alabama rolled again. I think they pretty much demolished Mississippi State uh, yesterday, and they demolished Georgia a couple weeks ago. So right now uh, I have to, you know, the surprise, you know, seeing the horns get it done. And then uh, at the end of the day, Alabama Crimson Tide still rolling. And interesting, <coughs> interesting factor, how about Clemson Tigers without the starting quarterback struggling? You know what? I was going to mention that, man. You were dead on. See, man, that's how I know you're a good co-host. I was going to uh, mention Clemson because I thought that was impressive without Trevor Lawrence to uh, go in there. And, yeah, it was a dog fight, and it's going to be a dog fight because you're playing a kid that really hasn't taken the snaps. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Clemson, you know, with Trevor Lawrence, I, I believe they're as good as Alabama, maybe even a little better. Without Trevor Lawrence, I don't think I don't think they could stay within 21 points of Alabama without him. Oh, I agree. And I'm I'm as you're talking, I'm pulling up. Man, Oklahoma, man, 62 to 28. Yeah, my Texas Tech, Tech Raiders. Tech's been a better team than that this year, though. I'm surprised that they gave up that many points because they hadn't really given up that many points to anybody else. I have to toss this one out here. I've been in West Texas for three and a half years now and uh, kind of adopted Texas Tech as my local team. And uh, I thought that I thought they'd play Oklahoma better football game. I really did. I'm surprised that Virginia beat North Carolina, too. They got the three-point win, 44-41. to And then you look at Ohio State. Man, that was a lot closer than I thought, man. 
Now, I'll tell you a game that surprised me. Um, A&M and Arkansas, 42-31. Auburn beating LSU as bad as they did. It, it, I don't really think it's a matter of Auburn being that good a football team. LSU has really dropped. Uh, well, they, they got a lot of new players. <laughs> yeah, there's no hey, doubt about it. How, how many players did they send to the draft last year? Yeah, I mean, like they just seven got or eight to, of them. Yeah, they got torn up by the draft. Uh, I didn't think LSU would drop this fast, this hard, uh-huh. but they're rebuilding, and Auburn beat some pretty bad. And you know, this is the same football team, uh, LSU, that Mississippi State beat early in the season. And you look at the whole picture, Alabama demolishes Mississippi State yesterday. So Yeah, I think Alabama, it's uh, Clemson, Alabama, I want to say Ohio State, and Notre Dame and everybody else. There's no doubt. How about the how about the Irish? A shout-out for any Irish fans that might hear this broadcast. Uh, I'm not a big Irish fan, but I really think it's good for college football to see the Irish back in a it's excellent. Prom- it's excellent for college football when Notre Dame's doing good. And I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but they are, other than Alabama they, and maybe Texas and Ohio State and Michigan, USC. I'm trying to think of what schools. They are the legendary school, you know? You know, my legendary top five schools, and you could put them in any order, but... You got you got to you got to go with uh, Alabama. I think you got to go Oklahoma somewhere in there. Yeah, Oklahoma's um, in there. You know, USC in the day. USC in the day. Are they, are we going to ever see that again? You know, like what they were. Well, they have their moments. They have their moments. Like Alabama. Uh, Alabama <coughs> was great. I remember in the uh, late '80s they were great, and then they fell off for a little while, and then they came back. USC goes through that same thing in the in the late seventies and the early eighties. They were great, and then they fell off. And then in the early two thousands, when they had Matt Leinard and Reggie Bush and those guys, oh yeah, they, they were dominant. They oh, were yeah, dominant. They, bro- they broke my heart too. They yeah. they went down to Auburn, big national game, yeah. and beat Auburn pretty bad on Auburn's home field. And that that was a strong Auburn team. So I'm I'm gonna tell you the score that surprises me: West Virginia beating Kansas State. 37 to 10. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have thought that myself. The uh, West Virginia, they have their moments, and when they have their moments, they're they can be they can be a thorn in your side. There's no doubt about that. The um, Michigan yeah. State beating Michigan too, 27-24. Yeah, that Michigan was ranked 13th, and I thought they looked good the week I, before. I, I didn't see that game, and I, you just brought it to my attention. But Michigan State got it done in the end. Yes. They okay. beat them. They beat them twenty-seven, okay. twenty-four, and that game was in. Uh, it was in East Lansing, so it was in. It was at Michigan State. But I remember watching that game yesterday, and uh, yeah. those Michigan State fans have been no, known to get rowdy after a big win or time or two. So uh, they probably got rowdy, and then it was Halloween <laughs> too. Uh oh, uh oh, the goose and goblins, but the Spartans got it done. So. Yeah, that, um, you know, it's just like Michigan, Michigan State, all these big in-state robberies, Florida, Florida State, Auburn, Alabama. Bring, I, I'm going to keep saying this till it happens. Bring back Texas versus Texas A&M. Oh, it's coming. It's, it's going to be done, especially now you have A&M ranked uh, eighth. I imagine they're going to move up because Okie State just got beat. So I imagine A&M is going to slide up. And then Texas has won two big games in a row, man. You know, uh, they should be ranked this next week. Oh, they, they if they're not the ranked, then they, they uh, knocked off the number six team. They got that. That's at least got to be good enough to put them in the top twenty. Oh yeah, they're they're a top twenty. I mean, this is what I'm saying. I I hate that a, a a loss here and there defines a team as being top fifteen, top twenty, whatever. Because as I as I always reference, you know, the the best record doesn't always win the Super Bowl. So. You know, for me, I would really like to see that 12-team playoff become a reality. I, I think it's coming. I think it's coming. You know, you know how everything is with college football. These things evolve. You know, they evolve. And I agree, it should be a 12-team thing. I think the cutoff, the cutoff for whether you qualify uh, for it or not is two losses. If you were in a Power 5. I agree five, with that. I agree with that. If you were in a Power 5 conference. In other words, if you're not in a Power 5 conference, let's say if you're in the Big West and you lose one game, you're done, brother. You're done. You know, because there's no way you should have lost one game. Do you understand what I'm saying? What about a team in, a, in one of the smaller, lesser-known con- uh, conferences uh, for the sake of an argument? What if they run a table, go 12, 13, or whatever it is, 
And you no, know, there's always the that team. That was Central you're, you're Florida the, that year. You you're one of the teams. Yes. Yeah, Central if you Florida. run the table and you go undefeated, you are one of the teams. Yeah. I'm saying that to me, the criteria of knocking you out is if you're going to play in a lesser conference, you cannot lose a game. Yeah, the pressure's you there can't. not to lose. But even at that. Sometimes now this is pre this before the playoffs existed, but I, not many people are going to remember this. But there was a Tulane football team with yeah, uh, quarter Sean King was Sean King. They went they went twelve the and zero, yeah. and and they were an excellent football team. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, because they didn't have the history um, of being a good football team, but I remember watching that team with Sean King at quarterback. Yeah. And yeah. th- th- that, was an, uh, that was that was that's when they had Mike Allstop, Ward Dunn. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, they had a nice team. And uh, you know, I believe that the smaller schools, if they have an exceptional, Boise State's been an example or two from time to time. Uh, being, you remember them knocking off Oklahoma, taking yeah. down the big boy right there. Yeah. And uh, in fine fashion, that's one of the best football games I've ever seen. Is when Boise State uh, pulled the trickery. Uh, and beat it, I, I believe but Oklahoma. See, but see, that year Boise State was undefeated. Yeah, they, it, it, this yeah. is my argument. If you play in a lesser conference, when you play in a lesser conference, maybe once or twice during the year, you're going to play a team that could potentially beat you. Okay, if you play in a Power Five conference, every week you're playing a team. That could potentially yeah, beat and, you. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the argument <laughs> that, uh, you know, you could maybe lose yeah. two football games in a Power yeah. 5. If and, you're in a still. Power 5 conference, you to me, you could drop two games as long as uh, you weren't beaten badly and you at least finish in the top two in your conference. You yeah. at least have to be the runner-up. You don't have to be the champion, but at least be the runner-up. Yeah. You can't get there and not even make it to the title game. Alabama, the year they beat LSU in the Sugar Bowl for the national championship, that's an interesting perspective. That that year, uh, LSU was the SEC Western champion. They were also the SEC champion. Alabama did not win the Western Conference of the SEC that year. Uh, they got in the playoffs over a one-loss Oklahoma State team. Alabama was a one-loss team. Uh, so that and that brings up the question: Should you have to be your conference champion to enter into the Final Four of the playoffs? No. And I, no, uh, no, you know, but you at least have to be the runner-up. That particular season, Alabama was not runner-up. Uh, they did not win the West. They did not go to the SEC championship. Yeah, uh, Alabama was third in the SEC that but year. But I think they only had one loss. They right? just had the one loss to yeah. LSU, and See, then that's they, why they got in. That's and, why they got in. And they destroyed LSU in the rematch yeah. in, uh, I mean, in New Orleans. But yeah. that that I don't have a problem with because that's why they got in. They only had one loss. What I'm talking about is these uh, these teams are playing these smaller conferences and they get one loss and they're like, well, why can't we be in? You were supposed to dominate that competition. You were supposed to dominate that competition. The year to BYU, remember the year they won the national title yeah. when they had when they had uh, Jim McMahon there. The year that they won the national title, they were undefeated in the WAC. I'm trying to. They think, were undefeated. Thinking just, about BYU, they they're a pretty good football team this year too. Yeah. Uh, I but think, what I'm saying is the criteria was they were undefeated. Yeah. They went into the bowl game and then they beat a team that was in one of the Power Five conferences. Yeah. They and did. that's why they were able to win the national title that year. Let me jog on my memory. Did BYU win a national championship with Robbie Bosco, quarterback? Uh, no, no. Well, actually, it might have been because McMahon was there, and then right after McMahon was Bosco, and then you had uh, uh, Ty Deppner. They, they Something's telling me. Uh, 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 Steve Young was there too. Robbie Bosco, I think, came a little bit after Steve yeah, Young. Yeah, yeah, three he or came four later. Years, I three think or four it was years. Jim McMahon. It might have been Jim McMahon that was a quarterback when they won it. Because it was in 1981 when they won it. Yeah, I remember, you know. So McMahon, remember, he wasn't with the Bears until 84, 85. Speaking of that BYU program, give their coach, uh, I think his name was Lavelle Edwards. or uh, What a job he did for years and years and years. What college did Steve Grogan go to? If I'm not mistaken, I think he went to BYU. Steve Grogan, that might have been. Now, now we're, now we're, yeah, that might have been uh, Steve Grogan, New England famous Patriot quarterback in because the day. Because BYU, uh, a lot of people don't know, they but, were a quarterback factory. 
What I remember about while. Steve Grogan is he's one the only quarterback I ever saw that wore a neck roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was badass. He wore too. a neck roll. Steve you know, Grogan. Usually that's offensive line, defensive line type thing. But anyway, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. Tonight got a good game. We'll see what happens. Uh, sports fans. I'm also looking at. Uh, I'm looking at a score that. Georgia was in a dogfight against Kentucky. Oh, Kentucky, yeah. The Georgia 14 and, yep. three, man. Yeah, the Kentucky showed up big time. They did. But it, it makes you wonder if there was bad weather in some of these games. Because I, I know we have a lot of parts of the country that's snowing right now. Thank God we live in West Texas. And, th- and this could explain <laughs> some of these scores that I'm witnessing. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, you know, it. So there were some shocking scores. I thought Georgia and Kentucky would have a lot more scoring than what it did. Uh, not a, surprised Georgia got the win, but I hate. I was pulling for Kentucky, honestly speaking. I'm gonna be honest with you. I um, I know I was saying that I called that game, but I am really shocked that 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 Texas was able to beat Oklahoma State. And the only reason why I'm shocked is that it took four turnovers. Oklahoma State committed four turnovers, and they barely lost that game by six. Yeah, let, let that sink in. And it took not only the loss of four turnovers, but it took Texas running back a kickoff return. Because yeah. if you take the kickoff return back, it's a, it's an even score. Yeah, you know, looking at the whole game, I saw uh, I saw quite a bit of it flipping back and forth, but. I think Texas is a better football team than what people realize. Uh, Oklahoma, um, I was wanting to see a Big 12 team in the Final Four. Uh, it could still happen. We'll see. But I was really pulling. I, I have to say I wanted Oklahoma State to run the table just so the Big 12 would have a seat at the Final Four. It's hard to do that in the Big 12 because unless you're Oklahoma – or, or maybe Texas, and you got those teams every now and then. Baylor had one. It, it's just tough because they all run the same offensive system. They, I mean, it, it, to watch one Big 12 team is to watch them all. They all run that spread offense. They all hurry up and run up to the huddle. You know what I mean? Oh, it, yeah. It, it's they an offensive-minded conference. Yeah, it, they all do the same things. And, and, and when you got that happening, a lot of times they're interchanging coaches. You know, the SEC – for years and years was that defensive minded conference, but I have to give a guy named Steve Spurrier he credit. He he came in and he he w- ran the fun and gun down at Florida and created such an exciting offense. And whether you you were a Florida fan when Steve Spurrier is there or not, it, it is not here or there. The the point was Steve Spurrier opened up a big time offense, and uh, that made offensive football is exciting football. It sells tickets and. I've always believed that, and the defense wins championships. I've, I've always believed that also. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's usually the thing that goes. All right, folks, we're going to go ahead. We'll take another break. Uh, when we jump in, uh, me and Rob are going to do the Cowboys-Texans report. Cowboys playing tonight. Texans have a bye week, and then we'll close this segment of Across the Middle Out. So uh, we'll be right back with y'all. Having problems with your appliances? Or maybe those beers in your refrigerator aren't getting cold enough? Have no worries. Call the professionals at B&B and Appliance and Repair. Al Brookings has over five years of experience in the DFW area, so you know he has you covered. Give him a call at 972-295-9251 or hit him up on his website at www.beappliancesrepair.com. Or listening to Across the Middle, Gridiron Sports Report. Having some electrical problems at home? Or maybe it's your place of business? No worries. Call the professionals at Delgado Electric. With years of experience in both home and commercial business, you have the peace of mind and guarantee that it's A-plus quality and service. Call Blas Delgado, the owner and operator at 432 312 4142. Again, that's 432 312 4142. And tell Blas, I sent you. Having problems with your appliances? Or maybe those beers in your refrigerator aren't getting cold enough? Have no worries. Call the professionals at BB and Appliance and Repair. 
Al Brookins has over five years of experience in the DFW area, so you know he has you covered. Give him a call at 972-295-9251 or hit him up on his website at www.theappliancesrepair.com. The Cowboys Texans Report. Brought to you by the Lone Star Bar. Here's your hosts, Frank and Trey. Alrighty, folks, we're right back for the Cowboys Texans Report. It is no longer Frank and Dre, it would be Frank and Rob. So Rob's going to join me on this segment of the Cowboys Texans Report. Say what's up, Rob. Hey, Cowboys and Texans fans. All right, well, we're going to jump into the matchup that's taking place tonight. We got the Cowboys taking on, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles. And unless you've not been on the planet Earth, you know the Cowboys are kind of going through some serious changes right now. Uh, they're pretty much wholesale selling out all free agents or anybody that they consider dead weight. And uh, I don't know, Rob, what do you think? You think that's a wise move or, or should they be out trying to win games? Well, I can see the advantage of if they weren't, if they were to lose out. I mean, if they lose out, they the picks get better. I see that advantage. But here's the thing about it. Um, as a competitor, I think anytime you step on a field, you step on a field to win. You might be, you might be 0-15 playing your last game, and I, I believe every time you step on the field, you should step on the field to win. Um, I think competitors compete, and now front office is a different story, but players on the field, you know, your job is to compete regardless of what your record is. Um, to front office, I can see the advantages of uh, – there is actually an argument to be made that long-term future-wise, the Cowboys could be better off to lose every single game and get these picks. But as players, no, I think you got to compete and try to win every game. I, I agree that you try to compete if you have a chance. But let's, let's look at it for what, for what it is. Right now the Cowboys are starting a rookie quarterback because their offensive line is beat up. And because their offensive line is beat up, Two quarterbacks are injured. <laughs> one one on a broken angle, ankle, and the other one on a concussion, and both were scrambling on the play. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, they've had the Cowboys have had uh, uh, some bad luck. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, I, I can see that they need they need to make some moves. Off, they need to make big time offseason moves. Uh, and and I think the moves need to be defensively. Honestly, I will have a conniption. If I see them draft anybody on offense that isn't a game-changing tight end or a big-time offensive lineman, all those picks, uh, uh, Joseph Osai, I told you, Texas, I take that kid. There are some guys there that could come in and help them. And then I would revisit it bringing in an Earl Thomas next year. Not this year because he can't do nothing for you this year. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, uh, I agree with that. But maybe next year. And then when you get back – the Tyron Smiths, and you get back these other guys, man. Now you go from a team that didn't make the playoffs a year before due to injury, really, to getting a lot of these guys back. Plus, you're going to get some impact players that you could pay much less. And I, I'd send them. I told you, I'd send Demarcus Lawrence out. Honestly, he hasn't. He hasn't showed me nothing. Yeah. All I, that talk he did about. It, if he don't get his money, he ain't getting the surgery on his back and all of this stuff. You ain't showed me nothing since you got that money. You know what I mean? Yeah, ever since the big the big contract came out, uh, it's just kind of he, he's just kind of there, and I, I've not seen anything that would justify that kind of contract. Uh, there's some players that the contract motivates. I don't know the situation there, but at the end of the day, I think that would be something. Uh, I, I would not be a bit surprised if the Cowboys aren't looking at that right now. And you know what? That's nobody's fault but the Cowboys' fault. Because the man showed you who he was the first two years. The first two years we had him, yeah, he showed flashes of ability, but he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, that, he, he, he missed one year on a shoulder surgery, you know what I mean? So yeah. he couldn't stay healthy. Then by year three, he had one year where he stayed healthy and he posted, I think it was 12 or 13 sacks. 
That's the thing. And in then the NFL. you give them the big contract. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> With the kind of money the NFL throws around out there, one of the questions. This is an interesting question. If we got any Dolphin fans out there. In other words, they uh, should have did. They should have did uh, to him what they did to Dak Prescott. Yeah, yeah they. They, uh, they made Dak Dak Prescott prove it for more than one year. They didn't do that with uh, DeMarcus Lawrence. No, uh, not the, and, and I, again, I don't. Dak, Dak's a complete player, and I think he can take them a long ways. I think, I think they're defensively on that side of the football need to reinvest, make some moves, make some offseason moves, and some trades. You do that, you free a little space, and you get. I like good football players than one great one, and the help on the dis- defensive side of the football. Uh, desperately, particularly at goal, defensive tackle. And 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 it's safety in corner, man. Their safeties have been pathetic. They need, they need that lockdown corner. They, they do. Uh, that R- Richard Sherman type, the kind of guy Dion was. And there's like that out there. I think Alabama's got a couple of them on their defense. There, there's kids out there that can come in and do that. And you just got to find the right fit for the right program. Sometimes players have to fit a program. Yeah, and not to be outdone, the Houston Texans. Because they haven't been – actually, they have a worse record. Yeah, they, they, uh, you know, I, I like – But at least they know who their quarterback's going to be. They got him oh, signed. Oh, he's locked in. He's, yeah, he's locked in. So, you know. He's he signed, sealed, and delivered for quite some time. And, you know, the Texans are the, Texans are one of those teams I really thought were really were going to rise really, really fast. I and, think I think they would have been had they not traded away DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you, you basically got rid of your quarterback security blanket. That is the guy that Watson goes to when everything broke down. That's the guy that he looks for, you know what I mean? And you, you, that's why Bill O'Brien ain't there anymore. It was a horrible trade, you know what I mean? Yeah, that. Uh, you know, the Texans, I, I don't know what their next new moves going to be, needs to be, but, you know, that again, that was the football team when they brought the, the big-time uh, quarterback in, uh, Clemson Watson. I thought they were going to move really fast, really quickly up the charts. and Well, you know. they, they have, but their problem has been one year I think Watson got injured, but they've been in the playoffs every year that he's been there. So their problem has been Pat Mahomes. And then, and, then, and, then, and then Baltimore gets their quarterback. You know what I mean? I'm just saying their problem is you have two of the, the better young quarterbacks in the game over on that end of the oh, AFC, yeah. you know what I mean? I think the best quarterback in the league is Mahomes, myself. Yeah, I mean, and or, or you could say it's uh, 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 the kid from Baltimore. It just depends. But those are two trend-setting, trend-setting quarterbacks, you hear me? One, one does it more so with his arm. The other one does it with his ath- freakish athletic ability, you know what I mean? But he has to compete against both of them, man. Being somewhat of a Saints fan, I wonder with Drew Brees, he's coming to the – I have to believe his career is kind of coming to the uh, coming to the tail end of a great career there. I thought that I thought he's going to get another one more Super Bowl ring, but I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's going to be in the cards. But uh, that's been another great one, Drew Brees. That just just to put it on record, I have the Cowboys losing tonight, thirty-one ten. Mm, I think it'll be a closer football game than that. I, I just uh, don't see it. I. Washington, they, they, they had a stat uh, last week. The Redskins, the Redskins had three or four of their last games where they didn't score more than 16 points in any of the game. Okay. And last week, they put up over 30-something, brother. I'm sorry. Dallas going to get smoked today. Okay. They're going to get smoked. They're, I'm, they're I, missing too many starters. Missing too many starters. I'm going to go Eagles 31, Dallas 20. I, I don't. How's Dallas? Where's Dallas? I'm, I'm just going to ask you this. Where are they going to get the 20 points from? You're think, starting a rookie at quarterback. And let me mind you, the Eagles <laughs> are top three in the NFL in sacks. As bad as they've been, their front four has been top three in sacks. We're missing four starting offensive linemen with a rookie at quarterback. Where are they going to get 20 points from? Yeah, it could be a struggle, but, I, you know, I, I think the Eagles are going to win that football game. But I yeah. somehow think Dallas is going to show up, play with pride. That's, you know, that's a rivalry game, the Eagles and Cowboys. Uh, last week's was a rivalry game. 
Uh, this, well, yeah, that's a true story right there, folks. But <laughs> let's let's get to, hey, Cowboy Nation, let's get loud and proud. Let's get those Cowboys over the, over this finish Cowboy line. Nation, <laughs> one thing about Cowboy Nation, we are very realistic when we know <laughs> when it's over. You understand what I'm saying? And you are not going to win anything. You know, I, I'll say what Michael Irvin said earlier today. All, every team in the NFC East should be trying to tank because none of them are doing anything once they get into the playoffs. They're going to be one and done. That's Most likely that's true. They're going to be one and done. You know they haven't won a game. None of the teams in the NFC East but the has won a game outside of playing each other. Now, I, let that sink in. But these guys still yeah. want to get in the playoffs. They get a every every round of the playoffs they get into, you know, they get fifteen, twenty, twenty five thousand more dollars. So I mean it's I, I understand. But you have to have starters to be able to, to get that money. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Yeah, I think there'll be Eagles, you know, the, the, the uh, they're going to win tonight. I do agree with that. I think Dallas will show up, make us a entertaining football game. Uh, you got to have players to show up. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, these are professionals. They're getting, brother, when you're rolling out cups out there and the other team is rolling out starters, it is what it is. We've seen those same backups get smashed by yeah. the Redskins starters last week. And it is true. There is a big drop off between. When you look at a starting player in the NFL and his backup, generally speaking, there's a big drop-off. That, that is, yeah, there's no doubt about that. But something tells me Cowboys are going to show up. I got Eagles 31, Cowboys I, 20. I, I, I just don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. Uh, the only way I see the Cowboys having any chance to win that game is they must get to Carson Wentz early and knock him out the game. That, that's their only hope because if the Eagles are able to score points, Dallas is in trouble because offensively they cannot score points. Yeah, they're, that, they're that going to struggle that, to put that, points that out. Went, those points went away when Dak Prescott went down. <laughs> that's just a fact. Look at, look at the points they put up since then. I think they're going to have to get some misdirection going. They're going to have to get CD and I'm just uh, saying, look at the points that they put up since then. I'd be putting them on, you know, get a couple. Of, hey, whatever happened to the old Statue of Liberty play? <laughs> They're playing the Philadelphia Eagle, folks. I had to throw that in. <laughs> Let me tell you. I can tell you how the game's going to go. There are going to be nine men in the box to stop Zeke. Period. There's going to be eight or nine men in the box to come after that rookie quarterback. They're going to distort the picture. They're going to make him think that more people are coming than are coming. And he hasn't played enough NFL football to I see the exotic blitzes th that are going to be coming at him. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> I believe you. You might, you, might, you might be right. I'm just not a big and, Eagle, and, Eagles and, fan. Well, but. I understand, but I'm a realist. <laughs> I hate them, too. I'm a realist, but though. We'll I'm a realist. We'll see They're going to throw so many exotic blitzes at him. And when you only got one starter on the offensive line back, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, it's, there's a prescription for a disaster there, but somehow I got a little faith in the Cowboys. No, the only hope is Wentz has to get hurt. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny, but no, you, have to, you have to affect how the Eagles can score points. <coughs> well, they, they and that's them. Wentz. Wentz is how they score points. And, and you, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a solid, he's a good quarterback. And the Eagles, they definitely have a big-time advantage. If I'm, if I'm Dallas's defensive coordinator, my game plan is to hit Wentz as much as I can. He has a history of injury. That is my only hope to win this game. Yeah, it would level the playing field. You know, if you had a backup versus backups, that, that levels the playing field. It's hard to go in any NFL team that puts in a backup quarterback. It's hard for them to beat a starting quarterback on the other side. My guess is it's going to be a worse whooping because let me tell you something. The Eagles... They are one of the teams, every time the Cowboys have been down, and, and I could take you back to the 1990 game when Troy Aikman was sacked 11 times <laughs> when they killed us. You know what I mean? I, I, they're, they're vaguely, I, I remember that. They're, I do. One, they're I do. one of those teams that when we're down, bro, they like to pour salt in the wound. You hear me? And if I remember right, is up there on that hard uh, uh, Philadelphia turf, isn't that where Michael Irvin had his injury that kind of ended? Yes, that, yeah. and they cheered. Yeah, this that's what pretty, I'm trying to tell you, man. That's horrible. This is, uh, you it know, might be horrible, but folks it is, cheering a man. It is reality. Yeah. It's the reality of the situation. They're going to be trying to humiliate us tonight. 
Oh yeah, it Philly. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, that that's that kind of rivalry. Uh, but that's the kind of rivalry that makes sports fun. That's you know yeah. the yeah. kind of rivalry that uh, Texas, Texas A&M, Auburn, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Minnesota, Green Bay, <laughs> right just, here. How about those I, Minnesota Vikings, twenty-eight fourteen, folks? Uh, yeah, oh, they got this game, man. Uh, Davin Cook's been killing it. He's got four touchdown, uh, uh, four touchdowns. He's just absolutely ate the Packers up. Yeah, give and give it up for my Vikings, twenty-eight to fourteen in a game that most people didn't uh, think and that. And a must win too. Oh, this definitely, must win, definitely, man. definitely must win. They, yeah, their next, their game next week for the Vikings is a must to me, win too. And to me, I wouldn't worry about the Vikings. Look, any NFL team that has their starting quarterback. They have a chance to make the playoffs because a lot of teams are now missing their starting quarterback. So the, the, the field is going to level off. The Vikings should start winning some games. You hear me? Because they're going to be facing teams that have major injuries coming up. You hear me? So they should be able to string some, some victories together. Yeah, as a Vikings fan, uh, I, this Davin Cook, I have to say, I, I believe he's top four or five running back in the league. Um, really, you know, a, a big bright spot for the Vikings right there. Really working hard, getting it done. And it looks like Vikings are going to come away with a big, big victory. Well, what Minnesota did is they paid attention to the San Francisco-Green Bay matchups last year. And in every one of those matchups, San Francisco smashed Green Bay by running the ball at them. By running the ball. Not by throwing the ball. Running the ball. Yeah, it's a joyous day for me. My Vikings finally getting up, getting a, getting a big one under the belt. I'm proud of my Vikings today. Just knock on wood that they hold on to their quarterback because these quarterbacks have been dropping like flies. I'm telling you, they've been dropping like flies. Yeah, that's the Achilles heel of the NFL. You get yeah. your quarterback hurt, and it's a big-time problem. You're done. And that's why, that's why I don't understand why people say, if, if, if Andy Dalton was playing today, then I'd be like, okay, the Cowboys have a chance. They have a chance. But – you're throwing somebody in there that was just playing Division Three football last year. He wasn't even playing Division One, Division Two. He was playing Division Three football. He's got an uphill battle, and there's no doubt about it. And he got Fletcher Cox and them coming after him. But Good what a, luck. <laughs> yeah, Fletcher Cox, a Mississippi State Bulldog product right there, getting Boy, it done for the I Eagles. I guarantee you the Eagles are right now talking about they are licking their chops, man. We are we going to get us some sacks in this game. You hear me? Yeah, that, they, you know, the Eagles are – yeah, they're licking the chops right there, and, you know, and, and deservingly so. Uh, but here's – it could be a – what about this? I know it's a, a stretch right here. The young quarterback for the Cowboys goes in. What if they pulled up, said it could be a career-defining moment for him? Um, those types of moments get you contracts elsewhere. I don't think he would ever replace Dak, ever. <coughs> but they I would, do get you contracts elsewhere. I, I would buy into that if Tyron Smith was there, if Leo Collins was there, if Joe Looney was there. Now you'll say, who are those dudes? They're offensive line that's injured. I like Collins. He was a, a mountain mover right there. He was, he was one of my you, favorites. I, I would buy into that if those three guys were there. But guess what? They're not there. So who in the heck is going to block Fletcher Cox? Yeah, I'm I, asking you this question. We're, uh, <laughs> hey, we're going to have to pull Larry Allen out of retirement, folks. Um, hey, Larry wouldn't want that assignment today. <laughs> Larry's not, not a big today. old fella there. Not today. You know what I mean? Not today he wouldn't. Yeah, Fletcher Cox is quick. He's quick. So I mean, look, Zach Martin <laughs> will probably be on Fletcher Cox. But if the Eagles are smart, they'll move Fletcher Cox around. They won't line him up over Zach Martin every, every, every snap. They'll move him to the other side where Connor Williams is, where he's lighting the ass and he can't stop anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, Fletcher Cox, I don't know that the Cowboys have an answer for that right there. The only no, answer you have right there is run for your life. No, and, and Zeke ain't going nowhere. He ain't going nowhere. I promise you. They're talking about how his yards per carry has diminished. Folks, when you lose linemen – that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, the Cowboys understand. are hurting. They are. People but don't understand, man. You got to have those, man. I'm going to tell you, I got to play, play the song. Got to have those big boys. You got to have those fat Alberts. Because if you ain't got a fat Albert up there blocking for you, you are in trouble. You don't have a chance, man. Folks, we're going to go ahead and take another break, um, and I'm going to go ahead and close out across the middle 
Rob, it was nice having you on here. We're going to do it again next week. Uh, I'm going to run quick commercials. I'll do my one-minute rant, and then we're going to close out the show. Y'all take it. Having problems with your appliances? Or maybe those beers in your refrigerator aren't getting cold enough? Have no worries. Call the professionals at B&B in Appliance and Repair. Al Brookings has over five years of experience in the DFW area, so you know he has you covered. Give him a call at 972-295-9251 or hit him up on his website at www.beappliancesrepair.com. Having some electrical problems at home? Or maybe it's your place of business? No worries. Call the professionals at Delgado Electric. With years of experience in both home and commercial business, you have the peace of mind and guarantee that it's A-plus quality and service. Call Blas Delgado, the owner and operator, at 432-312-4142. Again, that's 432-312-4142. And tell Blas, I sent you. You're listening to Across the Middle, Gridiron Sports Report. Folks, this is once again Frank Chillette right here, and this is my one-minute rant. Alrighty, so Jerry Jones, what are you gonna do? It's obviously true to me that y'all are looking to tank some games. So if we're gonna tank some games, let's do it like this: let's not take any offensive players, unless it's a tight end or unless it's an offensive lineman. How about Joseph Asai, big defensive end, University of Texas? Did you see that game that he amassed yesterday? Can you imagine him with that star on his helmet? And let's get rid of Demarcus Lawrence because he forgot you paid him, so he forgot to play. Let's get rid of some of these players that make no sense. Michael Gallup, hey, you can't pay three wide receivers. Let's get rid of that guy. That could turn into a corner or maybe a big-time safety like Earl Thomas. Do something. Make this time count. And we'll see you next week. This is Frank Chalette from Across the Middle. I'm out of here. Having some electrical problems at home? Or maybe it's your place of business? No worries. Call the professionals at Delgado Electric. With years of experience in both home and commercial business, you have the peace of mind and guarantee that it's A-plus quality and service. Call Blas Delgado, the owner and operator, at 432-312-4142. Again, that's 432-312-4142. And tell Blas, I sent you. All right, once again, folks, thank you. We were reporting live over here at the Lone Star Bar from me and Rob. I'm out of here. Y'all take it easy. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Across the Middle with Frank Cholette. Tune in next time for more great guests and awesome sports talk. <laughs>